Hey guys, welcome to the review. Um, so we're in some wild times. Most schools are shut down. If you're listening to this uh, at the point I'm we're recording it, it's um, our school system is shut down uh, for at least this week and probably next week. Most school systems are shut down uh, for a couple of weeks. So some some wild, crazy times. You can watch and see a lot of the, the government actions that we talk about in this class going on with things that uh, Congress is doing, uh, the president and, and your state and local government. So um, I know it's not the ideal situation to be to look at stuff, but you do have some some real world things going on out there. OK, um, so don't forget if you're you know, just this is the first episode you've ever listened to for this review session. Uh, I'm just taking some topics from the, the college board and going through just very broad, not going into great depths trying to keep these things limited to 10 minutes, 12 minutes or so. Uh, so they're nice little short things so that if, if you need to, you can go to the library that's, uh, that's out there for me and you can say, Oh, Hey, I like that topic. Let me, let me listen to it real quick. Okay. Um, if you are going in order, I started off with, uh, the civil liberties and civil rights stuff. Um, and now I'm moving into the congressional stuff and the presidential stuff and the judicial stuff. So the interactions among branches, that's what the, the next kind of series, if you go in order from this one until the end of the uh, this little little episodic uh, thing. Okay. Uh, don't forget, as always, you can follow me on Twitter. Um, K Daniels, AP Gov. Uh, I'm going to start sending out a lot of stuff, especially um, in light of the fact that I, I won't be seeing my students for a while. And uh, the test, as far as I know, is still on as of right now. OK. All right. So let's get going with the review. Uh, we're going to get started with just the basics of Congress, um, the Senate and the House of Representatives. If you had me in class or had me for uh, if, if this, if I'm your teacher, then um, this is unit four. OK. Uh, and this was the second half of unit four. So this is the stuff we did. We'll have done after spring break. If you're just randomly listening to me uh, for, for some reason then uh, this is probably unit two from your teacher. Uh, it's definitely unit two from the college board. Okay. All right. So let's get going. So the uh, essential knowledge that the college board has is, is a couple things. We're going to do the basics here today, and then we'll get going with some uh, other stuff in, in the next episode. So uh, first off, kind of the, the differences between the Senate and the House and, and how they're designed. So remember, the Senate is based on popular. I mean, excuse me, I'm already saying stuff wrong. The Senate is based on equality. So every state has the same amount, and that's two, uh, two senators for every state. So that means there's a hundred total up there. Okay. Uh, and then the house of representatives is based on population. It's supposed to represent uh, small districts uh, and, and smaller numbers of people versus the state. And remember this comes from, you know, uh, unit one stuff, the constitutional underpinnings uh, at the constitutional convention. The plan was for a one house legislature based on population. This is what uh, was presented and the small states balked at that and they're going to eventually come to the agreement, the great compromise, the Connecticut compromise, whichever you like to call it, where let's combine the two plans. Let's combine that new Virginia plan, which bases on population and let's combine the New Jersey plan, which is equality. And that's what gives us this two house legislature that we have. And we know today and seems so simple uh, to us, you know, Hey, just make it two houses. Uh, but at the time, you know, there was a pretty huge battle going on. Alrighty. Uh, the, the sizes of the chamber and constituencies and, and the differences there uh, lead to some, some differences, some major differences that you need to know and understand. Um, so, you know, the, the house is 435 members. Okay. The Senate is a hundred. 
And those things are going to influence how formal debate has to be. You need to remember that the House is very formal. Okay, Uh, they have all kinds of rules and limitations on debate uh, and those sorts of things because there's too many of them. They are not going to have uh, a long, drawn out debate on an issue usually. All right. Not saying it can't happen, but for the most part, the House is going to limit how much debate there is. Most of their work, most of their debate is going to take place before bill uh, is is read uh, or not. I shouldn't say read, but. back out on the House floor for debate and vote. Most of it's going to take place in the the committees. All right. So it's going to go to committee and it's going to be discussed and talked about and debated there. Uh, Markup sessions, all that kind of stuff is going to happen. On the Senate side, they have a lot less rules. Okay. They can talk uh, a bill to death. That's where the filibuster is. It's only on the Senate side. No House. Okay. Remember, filibuster is that talking a bill to death. And that always to me sounds kind of, you know, um, talk a bill to death. So we're going to kill it by talking, but that's in reality, not what you're doing. A filibuster is set up to, to try and delay action. Okay. Remember that the Senate and the house, they have all kinds of things going on. They don't just have like three pieces of legislation they're working on. They have a massive amount of paperwork of bills that they have to get through each session. And if they allocate a certain amount of time to this one bill and all of a sudden you're filibustering and you're going, 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 going for a day or two, you've just pushed back action on all the other stuff. And so that's the goal is to kind of delay and make it an inconvenience for the the people that are trying to push this through. Okay. That's what a filibuster does. Now don't forget you can end a filibuster with a cloture vote. Okay. And uh, it always makes sense in my head, but I want to make sure I I hopefully it it makes sense to you. So if I'm filibustering, I'm up here talking, 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 talking this bill to death. Okay. Uh, You can be like, I've had enough of this. And you can make a motion for a cloture vote. Okay. And if you have uh, a couple of buddies who will back your motion, then that means that we're going to stop debate for a few minutes and we're going to vote to whether we should end debate or not. So, you know, you debate, 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 debate until debate ends. If you want to end it early, you have a cloture vote. And that's where you have a couple of your friends back your motion. Okay, so let's decide now, do we want to end debate and then go to vote or do we want to continue to talk about this? So you have the cloture. If you can get 60 people, six, zero, uh, to say, yes, let's end debate and let's move on and let's vote on this issue right now, then the, the filibuster is over. And the debate is over. This is why having 60 people in the Senate, as you know, if you have 60 Republicans or 60 Democrats, you're considered to have a super majority because you can basically do what you want to. All right. There is no, oh, well, you know, the minority is going to get this done and do this and this and this. There is nothing like that. If you have the super majority, if you have 60, you can really kind of do what you want to. OK, um, so. Excuse me. Sorry, uh, had to sneeze there. It didn't actually come out, so I apologize for that. Uh, okay, and, and then the, the differences in the constituencies. Remember, the, the Senate has the whole state they're having to worry about. There's two people, and they're for the whole state. So uh, wherever you're at, Georgia, you know, we have two people for however many millions of people we have. The House is a small representative, I mean, a small district. Yeah, I shouldn't say small. Some of them are fairly large, uh, but a lot less people. Uh, live in those districts. So just uh, some differences there. Uh, next thing is coalitions in Congress are affected by term lift, term, I can't talk now, term length differences. The House, you have two years. 
Yeah, that's your session. That's your term. And then you're you're going again. The Senate, on the other hand, has six years. Uh, the six year allows you to build some strong relationships, some strong coalitions, either inside of the Senate and also outside of it. OK, so that's the big difference. Not that you can't do it in the House. Um, you know, you've got those freshman um, House members from New York, AOC and some other people, the squad or whatever they call themselves. You know, they've obviously built some something of a coalition, but you know, they can be broken up. But a lot of them are being are, have, are running, uh, having to run against both their own party now. Um, they're being primary and AOC is being primary and some other people. So it's, a, you know, it's a constant battle back and forth. OK, the enumerated and implied powers in the Constitution allow the creation of public policy by Congress, which includes. All right. So first off, enumerated. Remember, that means it's spelled out in the Constitution. There are specific powers that Congress has. OK, uh, that are spelled out in the uh, in the uh, Congress, I mean, in the Constitution. And then they have implied powers. And this is where you get into the necessary and proper clause and things like that, where, hey, it doesn't necessarily say it in there. If you go to the Constitution and you read about this thing, you might not find those exact words. But because we are doing our duty as Congress, we are allowed to stretch our power. Sometimes you might see this, the elastic clause. OK, so some of the, the things that are included here, uh, passing the federal budget, raising revenue and coining money. Uh, Congress can do those things. Um, they are the ones that pass the final budget. The president submits it to Congress and then they have to vote and approve on it. And then the president gets to sign off on it. But at the end of the day, the people who allocate the money are going to be. Congress, uh, declaring war and maintaining the armed forces. All right. Uh, and then enacting legislation that addresses a wide range of economic, environmental and social issues based on the necessary and proper clause. So this is where we get into the whole lane. We need to stretch our powers. Uh, you know, there's there's nothing in there about environmental issues, but obviously it's something we need to be concerned about and something that Congress needs to to address from time to time. Uh, same thing with the economic stuff. You know, it's not in there that Congress is going to try and control the economy, uh, but they do with some of their policies and things like that. Uh, don't forget that uh, Congress was set up with Article One, and they were supposed to be the strongest group. OK. Uh, all right. So I'm at the 10 minute mark. So I'm going to stop here. That's your kind of basic broad thing. Once again, if you have questions, concerns, please email me. Coach D underscore 1977 at Yahoo.com. Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, K Daniels, AP Gov. Um, feel free to, to follow that. And uh, let's see if we can't uh, get you to pass this this test. All right. Y'all take care. Bye bye.